On episode six of the KB podcast, we get a life update with KB, have an NBA stream of consciousness, recap Super Bowl 53, discuss Cincinnati Bengals new head coach Zach Taylor, and do that hockey with Jason R. Namer. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, or whenever you choose to listen to the KB Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Brown, and we are back. It's been almost a month since you've heard from me, and either you're welcome or I apologize. It's, uh, it looks like January 3rd was the last episode. So where have I been for close to a month? Well, you know, we'll get there, and we'll do a little little something different here to start the episode. We'll do a little life update as I've been on a little bit of uh, adventure here. Um, but I just want to let you know a couple things. A, I really appreciate everybody listening to the first five episodes. I really want to do a podcast for a while, just fun, see if I was any good at it. And I just had to start doing it. So I think I have a better idea of what I want this podcast and, you know, these episodes to feel like, to look like, to to sound like, obviously, moving forward. So I just appreciate everybody, you know, growing with me with the growing pains. And I I really am excited to move forward for the next five episodes and the next 500 episodes, hopefully, as uh, we still work on it. So I'm going to try to release episode every Tuesday morning for the foreseeable future, like kind of starting in February. That's kind of my goal. We'll see. So kind of bookmark Tuesday mornings to get the alert that the KB pod is out. And also I had a revolution. I really like the logo I came up with. Kind of it's the it's the green background with like the gray blocks. It's the cave. I think it's clean. It's nice. But then I saw an HR block commercial because it's getting to be tax season. And it's a little too reminiscent of the H&R Block logo. So I may still have that logo here for this episode that you're currently listening to. I may have changed it. It may take some time because I want to do some fun things with the logo, some giveaways, have some fun contests. So I want to really cement a logo in there. So I just had that revolution and kind of was like, uh-oh. A revelation, a revolution, revolution, whatever. What you know what I'm saying? So, um, probably gonna tweak maybe just the colors or just just see what else I can come up with. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But where have I been? What have I been doing? A little, little, you know, life update here. So first of all, I went on vacation. I went on vacation to Hawaii. Yeah, it was it was great. Once in a lifetime um, kind of trip there was able to do it because of two things. One, me and my wife saved up our airline miles for several years. So our flights were almost free. And two, I have a great friend. Shout out my buddy Brandon Coleman, uh, letting us crash out there. He's a um, a listener to the pod, so shout out to him. Um, So we were able to stay there, and he lives across the street from the beach. So pretty nice setup, again, proving it's not what you know, it's who you know in life. So um, not to brag too much on my vacation, but we're out there for, I think, just over a week. Um, We jam-packed. We jam-packed our trip. We did it all. Pearl Harbor, which was great. Um, it's a, it, you don't need to plan a whole day around Pearl Harbor, but it's a solid three hour, um, experience there. Um, side note, I, I just think it's odd that people take like smiling selfies in front of things at Pearl Harbor. Like it's kind of a somber scene. Like, why are you smiling, putting up the deuces 
in front of you know the uh, the Missouri. I, I don't I don't get it. But anyway, nonetheless, enjoy it how you want. Uh, we also did the uh, Kalua Ranch, I believe is how you say it, where they filmed a lot of movies. Kind of did an ATV movie tour there. I recommend that. It's not more so off roading where you're really getting after it on the ATV, but you are kind of kind of you know going through some some puddles and some dips and hills. So it, it's kind of cool, more scenic than anything where they filmed Jurassic Park. Uh, we went to the the site where they uh, uh, had the big jump scene, and Mike and Dave need wedding dates where they go off, and he hits the bride in the in the head. So that was cool. Went to the Dole Plantation. That's like the fruit brand. They got that. You know that was okay. Um, you know, learned about that. But they got some great uh, ice cream. We've learned there. It's like world famous. Highlight was we went to Turtle Bay where they filmed Forgetting Sarah Marshalls. Again, you see the movie theme. Pretty big movie guy. So that was fun. Kind of had some drinks. Saw the restaurant that like Jonah Hill works at. Uh, hey, you're just going to be here by yourself? You know, you want a magazine? Probably be pretty boring, right? And then he runs into Russell Brand. Classic stuff. Um, we saw some whales. It's whale season down there. So got to see some whales. Not really up close, but from afar as they breach and stuff. We went on like a sunset, like a catamaran um, boat ride where you saw some whales. That was pretty legit. Uh, went on some hikes. Uh, the name escapes me, but up to like the famous volcano. That's the volcano that's dormant, obviously, where you hike up, you get some cool views. Um, you know, did some really cool stuff. Now, another big part of vacation is always the food. So if you go to Hawaii, you got to check out, I'm going to plug here, my man Ken's Fish. That's just what it's called. It's on the North Shore somewhere. Not that familiar. We we're on uh, Oahu, by the way, where Honolulu is. Um, so we we're up on the North Shore. Ken's Fish, they literally catch the fish that day, cut it up, and sell it. So we got fish straight up at the ocean that day, and the tuna was unbelievable. You got to check it out. And also in Honolulu, a place called Opals. It's awesome. The, the, the owner just comes over. He asks you questions. He says, how familiar are you with Thai food? That's what kind of is. I should mention it. How familiar are you with Thai food? And he asks you, uh, you know, are you cool with pork, chicken, beef, duck, um, how, what Thai food, you know, if any, are you familiar with as far as dishes, you know, pad thai, curry, et cetera, et cetera. So they ask you what kind of spice you want, you know, how adventure. And then he just started bringing food out. It's pretty legit. You got to be a little adventurous, but I didn't try anything that I didn't like. And he brings like seven things out. So it's like a seven course meal. It's great. You got to check that out. And also a fun lunch spot called Earl Sandwich. Not Earl's, Earl. Somewhere in Honolulu, too. Really legit place. So um, some great Cubano sandwiches there. So just a couple of hints, a couple of highlights, what I've been doing. A little humble brag. Sorry to talk about my vacation so much. But you know what? I live in Chicago, so it's going to be negative 60 this week. And, you know, me and my wife, uh, we're, we're not going to work all day Wednesday and maybe Thursday. So, you know. Ying to the yang there. I can't brag too much because you probably don't live in Chicago and know how to deal with. Literally, I saw an article where the Arctic Circle or, or Antarctica is going to be warmer than Chicago this week. So, you know, laugh at me for that, even though I'm bragging about being in Hawaii. So I got back from Hawaii on, um, man, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but like a week ago, Saturday, like the 21st, I think, if that sound right. 
and we got home late that day. No, it was the sun. It was the it was the Sunday of the um, conference championships in the NFL. Is when we flew back. Uh, we stopped in Seattle. Shout out to Ashley Beal, another friend we had in Seattle. Went down, had a layover long enough where we checked out the fish market. Um, had uh, you know got a picture in front of that. Check out the gum wall. You know, got to walk around Seattle for at least a couple hours. Um, and that was so we got back and uh, oh one last thing a little airport review here I know that's not the most original thing but Hawaii's airport older but it's kind of open air when you come in so that's kind of cool outside of the bathrooms pretty nice pretty nice Seattle's Things like kind of under construction when we were there, and it was a lot smaller than I thought it would be. So, just I don't know if anybody else cares, but those takes on the airports that we traveled through. Of course, O'Hare is just a mess and giant, and that's where we live, so nothing to talk about there. But we got home, and then I had to go basically the next day home to the Cincinnati area for some family stuff. Everything's cool there, though. So, now we're back. After spending a week at home, helping out the fam, um, and we're back trying to get back into routine as, you know, the Arctic winds or the winter vortex or whatever the heck's hitting Chicago. At least it's not like bringing three feet of snow and it's just the cold air. So, but the, the kick was, I did want to mention this, the kick was we walked back in, me and my wife did, from getting back from the Cincinnati and our heat was off and it wasn't working so we had to get that fixed knowing that 48 hours is going to be negative 60 windshield so that was a little moment of panic not going to lie because I was probably going to try to do a podcast when we first got home so just want to give you all a little life update where have I been where's my KB pod that's what we've been up to pray for me with the winter vortex um, but it's probably what I deserve after bragging about a Hawaii vacation. The big NBA news is Anthony Davis asking to be traded out of New Orleans, which is about as surprising as jaw rule, not understanding what fraud is. The Lakers, the clubhouse leader for the services of AD, has the entire league up in arms yelling collusion, collusion with the vigor of the blue checkmark army. So with LeBron and Rich Paul, that's LeBron's agent and business partner, who happens to also represent Anthony Davis playing the role of Geppetto, what is the solution to the cop- competitive balance problem in the NBA? And how can we keep the stars like Davis in the small markets that drafted them? It's a tough question. Adam Silver has a lot on his plate, and I think this is a much bigger issue than maybe some of the media is making out to be for the league. To me, a big answer to both these questions is reversing the draft lottery. The best team that doesn't make the playoffs getting the number one pick. This rewards teams that are honestly trying to win or at least have a Frank Grimes level of competency. I also will jump to the conclusion that this will deter tanking. Deter tanking. Fans of losing franchises will no longer pay top dollar for tickets and then not get to see stars for any other reason than legit injury. The goal to improve would be achieved by winning as many games as possible. Novel concept. Even if the playoffs are out of reach. 
All right, so how would this really work? Let's use 2018 as an example. The Denver Nuggets would have received the number one pick. This would reward a team for coming up just short of the playoffs and make them an immediate force to be reckoned with the following year. Now, without this rule, the Nuggets would currently be the number two seed in the West. So if you take this team and add DeAndre Ayton to it, the Nuggets are so interesting and a real impact on the season. And it's a little more interesting for the league than him being on the beleaguered Phoenix Suns. I believe this would also give a player like Anthony Davis a ton of encouragement to stay in New Orleans. Davis could look at himself in the mirror as he trims his unibrow and say, okay, my team is probably not going to go to the playoffs, but if I win as many games as I can, I may end up with Zion Williamson or RJ Barrett for next year. That's a pretty good reward. So, hold on as I try to get my music together. So, now if you really want to get nuts, I have an even juicier idea. This is juicier than 1998 Sammy Sosa. When the NBA regular season ends, the teams that made the playoffs get a week off and we have a single elimination tournament between the teams that didn't qualify. This would be an NCAA-like event. The winner of this tournament gets the number one pick. So this is like kind of another idea, if you follow me. You can play all the games in the same city if you want and make a big event out of it. With so much on the line, fans would flock to these games like they are actual playoff games. I can just imagine a full United Center here in my hometown of Chicago chanting Zion, Zion as the Bulls knock off the Hawks to win the tournament. Talk about creating momentum going into next year for what are currently disengaged fans. To be clear, the number the number two pick would go to the second place team and so on down the list. No more lottery, no frozen envelopes, no annoying sons of owners thinking they are the show. Just more basketball and entertainment. I do honestly believe these changes are possible. Another change that I think could help the competitive balance is just letting players leave the franchises that drafted them after their rookie deals. This way, an Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers after three or four years instead of seven. How does this help? Well, basically, the elite talent would still funnel like a beer pong at a frat party to the popular NBA destinations. L.A., Miami, Houston. But with the talent making these moves early in their careers, the spots on the individual super teams, that's in quotes, fill up. Thus, the next round of superstar talents don't have room to join the Lakers or Rockets and are forced to look at other destinations. Obviously, this rule change would take a, a few years to see the positive consequences of it, but I think it would work. I know there's a lot more nuance to it, but that that's a, a version of that I think works. A version of all three of these things I think works. Maybe they make sense. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Super Bowl 53 came and went like a fart in the wind. But I do want to defend the game a little. I think everyone's somewhat passive-aggressive on Super Bowl night. Everybody's annoyed with the build-up that seems longer than that opera you got roped into going to. The last two years, we had two classic games. You know, the comeback 
on the Falcons, and then obviously Philly with their backup quarterback last year. And everybody's just tired of New England. Like even New England fans are just kind of like, yay, we got another one. And there's no way left to, like, taunt. Everybody else is like, okay, I'm, I'm going on about my business. So you take all that and you wrap it up with a 13-3 and final. And you get the hot takes this morning of, this was the worst Super Bowl ever. Obviously, we've forgotten the blowout in New York between the Broncos and Seahawks. And then, of course, the Giants and Ravens. What was that Kerry Collins, Trent Delfer? Those are just two off the top of my head. They were a hundred times worse than last night. At least this game was in doubt going into the fourth quarter. I mean, the Rams could have won if Brandon Cooks just catch a couple balls. So defending this game is hard because it wasn't entertaining. It was a pitcher's duel. The football equivalent of a 1-0 game in the World Series. So that's really all I have to say about the game. It was boring, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. Congrats to New England number six. And I hope Tom Brady retires. Now, I would be remiss if I brought up the NFL in the season without the big news to my Cincinnati Bengals. Let me say it again. My Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say it. Zach Taylor, the 35-year-old choice off the staff of the once great, that's sarcasm, Sean McVay. So the Bengals did a 180 from Marvel Lewis. So from the fans' perspective, I'm thrilled. It's just nice to have something different. My take on Zach Taylor is he checked all my boxes. Please, keep your mind out of the gutter. So he's young, which Marvin wasn't. He's offensive-minded. Marvin Lewis was defensive-minded. He has no connection to the previous staff. So we're not dealing with any type of Hugh Jackson situation where we have previous baggage associated with a new head coach. So it's a clean break. And obviously, this may surprise you, despite my last name being Brown, I'm not in the rooms but apparently he blew the doors off the wind, uh, off the interview, blew the doors off the. He blew them away in the interview room. He stood out amongst the other candidates, which there were plenty that the Bengals interviewed. So he stuck out. I like that. And Mike Brown really wasn't present. Again, no relation in those interviews. It was more Katie Blackboard, Duke Tobin, and, and, and whoever else. So that gives me hope that there was a different thought process in hiring him um, for a head coach. So I'm pretty, pretty optimistic. Now, as much as I like the hire, I think it's either going to be a great success, like... Shanahan in San Francisco, even though he hasn't won a ton yet, uh, he's going to do good. Sean McVay, obviously. Um, Or, as some would say, the Bengals, you know, part of the Bengals fan base, or maybe it's just haters that just can never have nice things, think it's Dave Shula Jr. Who knows? Who knows? All I know is, for the first time since I was in high school, the Bengals have a new coach, and I'm excited. And I'm willing to give the guy a shot, um, despite what anybody else says, despite the Super Bowl and the Rams putting up three points and him being on the offensive staff. I'm just 
excited and let's go um, see what they do in the draft. And uh, if there's one thing you know, the Bengals have some offensive weapons that weren't being utilized. Hopefully he can utilize them. So exciting times ahead. Hopefully next year's Super Bowl, a little more exciting. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. We are joined now by our hockey correspondent, Jason R. Namer. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. So let's do that hockey. Who's the surprise team? Surprise team this year. Well, <clears throat> the uh, the New York Islanders. Yeah, New York New York Islanders in the uh, Eastern Conference Metropolitan Division lost their best player in John Tavares. Gained a Stanley Cup winning coach in Barry Trotz, and they're at the top of the division right now. So, uh, no doubt that Trotz was going to have a good Is impact on the team. Trotz or Trouts? <laughs> it's Trotz. Oh, okay, Trotz would be kind of cool. That'd be a good nickname for a hockey team. <laughs> hey, you know what? Seattle's getting one, so maybe they can uh, maybe they can yeah. adopt that. Uh, Walleye. Yeah, they, uh, the surprise team. Uh, in the negative light, you've got uh, you know Chicago falling on hard times. Uh, they're in the Western Conference and uh, ended up firing. You're telling me, ended up firing their coach, which uh, surprised a lot of people. You know, he wins three Stanley well, his Cups. His name is uh, Quinville. Quinville, that is correct. Oh man, I got that right. Four-one. <laughs> Put it in the top shelf biscuit in the net. Right? Is that what you say? Something along those lines. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. Okay, so surprise is <laughs> the Islanders. And that was my next question. Who blows? So that's Chicago. Yeah, yeah, Chicago's uh, – a lot of the teams that were dominant <clears throat> in the last 10 years have now kind of fallen in a hard time. So you got Chicago in the basement. You've got uh, the Los Angeles Kings in the basement. St. Louis Blues are having a tough time. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough going for those teams. The Detroit Red Wings are rebuilding. So uh, I would like new blood. to see a penalty box have a basement to it. <laughs> how, like, would, how would that work? Because there's like two different kind of penalties. There's like the two minute one mm-hmm. and then the five minute one, right? That's right. So if you get like a five minute one, you got you go to the basement. Okay, you like don't even get to be seen. Well, under you don't. Yeah, even, there's yeah. a little stairwell underneath the actual penalty box. Oh, I see. And like you just okay, you got to go down there. It's for extra shame. Think, think about it. Yeah. I got you. Think about what you've done. Hmm. Okay, so um, does Vegas still do those cool, like, pregame shows? Well, uh, they do do, like, a, a pregame kind of, uh, you know, presentation, but it's not like it was in the playoffs. Even last year, they, they really kicked it up a notch for the playoffs. Oh, so, I see, I see. Well, I think, you probably only have so much material. I don't know, man. It's it's Vegas. They've got Cirque du Soleil out there and everything. We'll see. I mean, they're <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Right now, they are uh, they're in good shape. They're sitting uh, – in. if the playoffs were to start today, Vegas would be in. They're not as good as they were last year, but they're doing just fine. So, we might get a chance to see some more of that uh, this year's playoffs. I think people got a kick how out does, of it. On a serious note, how does an expansion team who I assume built their roster – by having to choose from a bunch of players mm-hmm. that other teams basically did not want. So here, take these guys, please. Make the Stanley Cup final yeah. in year one. So, so, well, first of all, so they, the way that the, the uh, expansion process works now in the NHL isn't quite like that anymore. Basically, teams get to protect a certain number of players and, uh, <clears throat> and goalies. 
And they don't necessarily, and they, they protect them from being able to be drafted by the expansion team. But it's not necessarily just bad players. Teams use this as an opportunity to get out of some contracts that maybe they, you know, we're going to have a hard time trading uh, or it was going to take a big hit. I see. So Vegas actually ended up with uh, a very balanced team. Their general manager was the uh, former Washington Capitals general manager who drafted the Ovechkin, Backstrom, uh, Mike Green guys to basically form what is now a very dominant team in the Capitals. So his name is George McPhee. He knows what he's doing. Uh, they ended up with a really stellar goaltender in Mark andre Fleury from the Penguins, who had won a couple of Stanley Cups. And um, <clears throat> they really, you know, they really were able to put together a balance team. Nobody could have seen what was coming, though. I mean, even when you looked at that roster and said, hey, this has some talent, nobody thought they were going to make the playoffs, let alone go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, that was, that was pretty unprecedented. Honestly, as a person <clears throat> who I, I don't really follow hockey, um, I occasionally look at the standings just to, you know, see what's going on, but I'll kind of follow the playoffs. That that drew me in as a hockey, like uh, mm-hmm. as a sports fan. That was a great story. Enjoy. Yeah, because you had two simultaneously great stories going on with Ovechkin. You know, he was kind of the Peyton Manning of like everybody kind of likes him, but he just always fell short. And he was mm-hmm. finally getting over that hump, and it's kind of always neat, kind of like Dirk Nowitzki, even <clears throat> when he finally got his title. Just a really likable guy, and. Then you have this expansion team on the other side. So it was really a great year for the NHL to bring in the casual fan like me. It's like, oh, these are some great storylines. So hopefully there can be something, you know, those are pretty organic how they happen, but something like that this year that can draw the <coughs> casual fan to, you know, turn on some games and not just look at box and say, oh, this team won this round of the playoffs and they're moving on. Right. I mean, from a hockey perspective, it's it's going to be a real good finish to the season. You've got some dominant teams uh, in uh, in the well, you've got one dominant team in the entire league, which is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They are just insanely stacked from top to bottom. Uh, They came one round away from going to the Stanley Cup. The Capitals beat them in seven games last year. Uh, They're going to be tough to to uh, to beat this year. And then the next team down in their division, the Toronto Maple Leafs is uh, pretty stacked themselves. And so the Eastern Conference is, is, has a lot of good teams in it. And then the Capitals, who are last year's uh, defending champions, are on the midst of a uh, seven-game losing streak and are still only three, games out of, uh, three points out of first place. But uh, a playoff spot is not guaranteed. So it's going to be really interesting between now and uh, the start of playoffs in April to see which teams make moves. Um, so if you're, if you're a casual fan, it's the games should be good. The playoff games, all the matchups have been very good, uh, between these teams and a lot of good drama on the ice. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting season to see what happens. Yeah. The NHL, even though you get some repeat champions, I do give it to me as a casual fan, doesn't really have a diehard fandom it really is kind of like the NCAA tournament of pro sports. Yeah. Where like eight seeds do beat ones, even though it's a seven game series. I don't want to say all the time, but it does happen quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that crazy it's, it's, to see. I would say it's frequent, uh, but it's, it, it has happened. It's not something that, yeah. that is so uh, rare that it, you know, it, it like, like, uh, you know, UVA losing to uh, UMBC last year, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. And, you know, you get, and with the NBA, where it's just Warriors, LeBron, 
you know, you got the Patriots in the Super Bowl again, and you know, oh, Alabama, Clemson again. Like it's kind mm-hmm. of like goes the other way, where it's like, yeah. oh, this year we finally have the Capitals and an expansion team. So, right, you know, I, I think that's part of the fun of the NHL playoffs that are coming up. Like you honestly don't know. Yeah, like having the number one seed doesn't really mean much. It really doesn't. I think the uh, I think the the comparison you made to the NCAA tournament is probably the most accurate. It is incredibly hard to get through the NHL playoffs. Seven game series, you know, four rounds. It is incredibly difficult to do that and get through it and to repeat. The Penguins did it a couple of years ago and uh, they had two very stellar teams that peaked at the right time. And, you know, the Caps are going to try, but they definitely have their work cut out for them. The, the, the road that it's going to take for them to get through the Eastern Conference playoffs is uh, whoever comes out of that is going to be a very strong team uh, come uh, Stanley Cup Finals. So <clears throat> and what else do we need to know? Anything else you want to put on our radar as far as hockey is concerned? Uh, as far as hockey is concerned, uh, no. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, trade deadlines coming up. There have already been a few moves made, but nothing really uh, earth-shaking. Um, that'll kind of, you know, help to kind of sort out who's going to really make a run and which teams are going to throw in the towel and try and rebuild. There's a couple teams, uh, you know, in the East that are, that are traditional traditionally good teams that just they're, they're not going to be doing anything this year. The Rangers, the, the Philadelphia Flyers, the New Jersey Devils, they're all sitting um, at the lower part of the standings. Um, so there's going to be some new blood in the, in the uh, playoffs. Those, those teams have been in and out over the last few years, but things just aren't really clicking for them. So would uh, the new blood be the Buffalo Sabres? Are they going to make it? Buffalo, uh, they are. They, they are definitely in contention. They're if the playoffs started today, they would be out, but only by two points. So they're definitely in contention. They're having one of the best seasons they've had in a long time. They're, uh, I think, they're seven games over five hundred, uh, which is a good place to be right now. So uh, Buffalo can make a run for sure. I mean, they really, they really. It's a matter. Of, you know, Capitals are humming along in first place, and they lose seven in a row. So anything can happen. Yeah, yeah, that's good because, as I mentioned, I'm a casual fan, but if I said I am a fan of the team, it is the Buffalo Sabres. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I just am. Yeah. Um, you can attest to that if I said that for years. Right. So You're always asking me how they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is it also safe to say it's our year still? Uh, hey, you know what? Until, uh, until someone beats us, it's our year. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay, well, I think that wraps up our first – what do we want to call this? Like, in what's a hockey term we can call this segment? Oh man, uh, I have to, I have to in think the about crease, that. In the crease, line, <laughs> um, roughing. You, no. you limit it. You limit it to uh, to five minutes. You can call it the five minute major. There we go. Something. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll give that some thought for the next uh, segment. We can That's we can do one after the trade deadline, and I'll give you my uh, playoff predictions. How about that? Yeah, we'll check in again with you as our hockey expert. Uh, maybe next month and just get an update where we're at and then who did make those trades, like I said. So thanks for joining us. Sounds good, buddy. You got it. Uh-huh. See ya. Bye-bye. Let's wrap up episode six like we always do with my three favorite things. First of all, my old school University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors t-shirt I bought while over on the island. It's slick. I'm pumped to own it. Speaking of slick clothes that are I'm pumped to own one day, Jim Nance 
has a clothing line through Vineyard Vines. That's right. Hello, friends. We will be rocking quarter zip sweaters 24-7 now. And third, the fact that my heating is fixed before the winter vortex hit. So as the temperatures drop, I want to thank Jason Namer for joining us on the pod once again. Also, a shout-out to Brandon and Brooke Coleman for being our gracious hosts in Hawaii. And also, again, shout-out to Asha Beer for showing us around Seattle a little bit. Um, one era I want to point out, and I know it's Charlottesville, Virginia, not Charlottesburg. A little tongue tie moment there for me. So just a reminder, episodes will be dropping Tuesday mornings, most likely, moving forward. And a new logo to coming soon. A new logo that won't think your tax man's contacting you with a new podcast from H&R Block. So that'll be exciting. So you can stop sending me your W-2s. Also, we hit our first triple-digit listen-to episode. That's 100 people, 100 plays. I'm very excited. That It's very encouraging. I want to thank everybody for pushing play. Um, we're trying to grow this thing. I got some fun ideas moving forward. And I'm just excited for the growth and continue to practice at this and get better as we grow together. And don't forget, we are available on Stitcher, Apple Pods, Spotify, and really anywhere you can find podcasts. I'll always tweet out at Kyle Frank Brown, the new link. I'll pin the tweet to the most latest episode. Don't forget, don't don't hesitate to give me fa- feedback via Twitter either. Any feedbacks, welcome. And thank you for pushing play. Well, see you later.